This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool nil, Manchester United nil. Three on the bounce as the Reds' woes in front of goal continue with Alison Becker saving a point at Anfield. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome to the post-game podcast here on Blood Red as we react to the goalless draw between Liverpool and the enemy from down the East Lanks. Coming up, Jurgen Klopp has his say. It's not about if we don't become champion, then it's not fun anymore. So that's not like it is. So uh, we just fight for everything. And I saw that tonight again. The Echoes, Liverpool correspondent Paul Gorst at Anfield. It's going to be a real tough fight for Liverpool to retain this Premier League title. But uh, before they've got any thought of doing that, they need to step out of this release that they're currently in. Four games without to win, three of them without scoring. It really is looking tough for Liverpool at the moment. And our regular contributors here on post-game chip in with their thoughts. The real threat in the Premier League is Man City. Everyone knows that. Everyone else is just hanging around. Liverpool are hanging around. We need to up our game now. I have to say, I think the lack of fans and the Anfield atmosphere played into this because I think that would have made a real difference today. Not a satisfactory performance today. I mean, we didn't we didn't want a point out of that. We wanted we wanted three. Insight, analysis, and opinion all to come right here on the post game podcast. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool's way for the Premier League win goes on after a goal of score here against the tabletop in Manchester United at Anfield. Um, not a lot to write home about, it must be said. It was a difficult game for both teams. Uh, Liverpool shaded the possession and looked the more threatening, particularly in the first half, but uh, it was Manchester United who created the game's best two opportunities in the second half with uh, Liverpool indebted to the excellent Alisson Becker. First, he saved from Bruno Fernandes with his, his heel. Uh, inside the penalty area and then a few minutes later he denied Paul Pogba with uh, Manchester United pushing particularly on the counter-attack in the second half. Um, Liverpool uh, played well but didn't really once again it must be said for the, for the third successive game failed to score and failed to create any anything really representing a massive clear good chance that you would expect of a team uh, so good and so well versed in, uh, in doing just that. Um, Andy Robertson was probably Liverpool's best performer he kept getting in so much space down the left but Liverpool were uh, at times, strangely reluctant to use him. Uh, Roberto Firmino decided to shoot wider and they had Robertson in plenty of space in the first half. Um, and there wasn't too much in the way of uh, David De Gea to save uh, in the Manchester United goal. Thiago Alcantara on his uh, Anfield debut, he probably came one of the closest uh, to scoring for Liverpool with a 25-yard effort that was saved from the Manchester United goalkeeper. He, he was excellent. Uh, Jadon Chiquiri making his first Premier League start for 13 months, would you believe? Uh, he was also good before he uh, inevitably tired and come off for uh, for Curtis Jones. Uh, Firmino was uh, was off colour for most of the game, it must be said, but he stayed on for most of it until uh, Divock Origi was summoned forward in the closing stages. But uh, Liverpool still lacking a cutting edge in the final third and it sees them trail Manchester United at the top of the Premier League by three points. Um, there's, there's plenty of teams now with, with Leicester winning over the weekend uh, and Manchester, Manchester City uh, with a couple of games in hand. It's going to be a real tough fight for Liverpool to retain this Premier League title, but uh, before they've got any thought of doing that, they need to step out of this release that they're currently in. Four games without to win, three of them without scoring, it really is looking tough for Liverpool at the moment. Uh, they go on, they go to Burnley, or Burnley comes to Anfield rather on Thursday evening, it's going to be another tough game for Liverpool against another packed defence who uh, can defend very well. Uh, much of the same, it must be said, it's uh, going to be coming Liverpool's way again, but uh, hopefully um, for the fifth game Liverpool can... Uh, break that deadlock and get back to winning ways. It's finished here at, at Anfield. Liverpool nil, Manchester United nil. 
Not sure if Paul was in a washing machine there or in the middle of the mowers doing their thing on the Anfield turf, but we got the point from him. Just one goal and three points from the last four outings in the Premier League then since that 7-0 win down at Crystal Palace. Food for thought for Jurgen Klopp. Here he is speaking with the media after the game. Jürgen, on the game tonight, given the state of the opposition, the table, the title race, your performance, is it a point gained or two points dropped? How do you view that? And we have a point more. So, <laughs> and before the game, um, I think the performance was good enough to win it. But um, to to win a game, you have to score goals. We didn't do that. So that's why um, we have that result and that's absolutely okay. You are well aware of the rivalry, obviously, between the two clubs in this country before you arrived here. Um, I just wonder, though, do you, Manchester United currently present the biggest threat to you and to Liverpool than they have during your time in England? I, I, I don't think in these categories, so they were always a threat because we have been in the moments when we met them. So we're always good, we're always organised, sometimes a little more under pressure for the wrong reasons and, and all these kind of things, but it was always a threat and always difficult, so that never changed. And I'm not sure if it's bigger or, le or lesser um, um, in that moment. It's just how it is. Thank you. There we go. Joe from NBC. And then at the moment, that's all we've got with the hands up. Joe? Great. <laughs> there you go. I'll try and squeeze a few more and then, Jürgen. Um, so, uh, John Henson talked about it. The lack of goal scoring in the last three games. I think it's 2005 since the last time Liverpool failed to score in three straight Premier League games. Um, he said it's not something to worry about and, you know, can't be too down on themselves and you need a bit of luck. Is that how you see it? Or do you think there is something a bit fundamentally that's been a bit different over the last few weeks? No, there's nothing fundamentally different. It's just um, that the result is different. So we try and we don't score or we try and score. That's, that's a big difference, to be honest. Um, but it's no, it's um, not to No, he's right. We have not to worry about, but we, we obviously we, we work on it. It's not that we ignore the fact and just hope that it will be good again. Um, so we did that. And But the only possibility you have to score goals is to create situations. And to be ready to fail and do it again. So and that's a massive difference between when you are when you are flying, like if it's clicking, you score with pretty much each chance you have, um, because then um, you 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 deal with the with the, the missed chance just better. It's just an information. Oh, worked out. We came through like this. So that's a, that's the difference. Nothing else. And um, I think we, I saw my team playing tonight, and um, I saw a team. A really good football team with um, a clear idea, with um, super passes, great counter press, great desire to score, and we didn't score. Um, so we will create chances and we will score. But I know now we face um, Burnley on Thursday. They are not they are not famous for conceding an awful lot of goals. Uh, and then a few days later, we play again against United. They obviously defend with all they have. So it's not that we just decide from now on we want to score again and now we'll do it. Uh, but I, I see the boys uh, really in the situation and I will help as much as I can that we can change it as quick as possible. Terrific. We've got Paul Joyce and Dom King. And then anyone else who needs to put a hand up? Paul first. Hi, Jürgen. Uh, because the season's so unusual this, uh, this time, Everybody talks about the uh, the title race, but if you look at the just getting in the top four is going to be very difficult because there's about eight nine teams within six or seven points. Is that something you recognise this season? 
just getting in the top four will be. Yeah, absolutely. I know that always. I knew it always. That's always clear. When we had, I don't know, 98 or 98 in the season, when we became second, the day when I started really thinking about the title race was the day when we when we were clear that we are in the Champions League. <laughs> so I know I know my job and I know what I have to do. And, I, um, and, and it's the most important thing is to qualify for the Champions League. I know how difficult it is. Yes, you're right. Um, that makes it this season will be a tough race for the top four. True. Okay, Dom King. And then I think we've got one hand up. Uh, Ah, Chris Bascom, yeah. Dom King, then Chris Bascom. Dom. Yeah, there was um, a lot of focus on, on the defence and the fact that you um, didn't have Joel and whatever, but the performances of um, Fabinho and Jordan were as good as any any natural centre-house that you could have wished for. Absolutely. Um, and playing on top of that, really good football, made our build-up really flexible, made it really difficult for United to, to press. I can't remember a real pressing situation of United, and they're pretty good in that, actually. Um, and so that was really good, absolutely. Thank you. And then to finish, Chris Bascom, final question of the press conference. Well, can you hear me? Because I was cut off for about five minutes. Can you no, hear me? No, you're back. No, on, Chris. No. <laughs> yes, he's messing around. We can hear you. Well, I, I apologise if you've been asked this before already, Jürgen, but um, I'm just wondering do you, do you think we should be looking at this as on the positive side that you're still right up there with a the chance given all the things you've been through? Or is there a sense of disappointment when you look at it? That it's, I think, three points from four games. What's where's the balance there? What, what what do you think on that? Oh, I cannot I cannot decide how you look at it. To be honest, um, I have no idea how the and, and I cannot decide how the people look at it. I know that football fans in general are not the most patient species patient species on this planet, so they want to win each um, football game. I, I I'm not too different to that, uh, but I'm long enough in the business to know that you have to go through to more difficult periods as well. And it's not the most difficult in my life, not even close to it. So it's just a situation where we play football and um, and have had injuries, have still injuries, but got used to the injuries we, we had in the long term. Now players coming back and all that stuff. Thiago played today a great game, a really good game. I think it was the second start for us, was it? Second start. So <laughs> there's, uh, there's still uh, space for for improvement, like in the in the how we work together and all these kind of things. So I don't. I it's for me. It's not too important where are we in the moment. It's important that we have points and that we are around this group. We spoke now um, uh, to Paul um, about the, the 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 fight for the Champions League. So that's the most important thing, and for that you need points. And we, we have them. We are in the middle of a of a bunch of um, group of teams uh, which um, fight for this spot, and that's what we have to do. That's the job. It's not about if we don't become champion, then it's not fun anymore. So that's not like it is. So uh, we just fight for everything. And I saw that tonight again. And um, that's all I need. Jurgen Klopp speaking with the media following the goal of straw with Manchester United. We'll be checking in on the Blood Red podcast Facebook group shortly. But first, a couple of our regular contributors to hear from Alex Watt with his take, but not before Ross Strachan. Disappointing nil-nil results in the end. And... Liverpool continuing to struggle in front of goal. Started off brightly enough. You know, first 20 minutes, four, we looked decent. Pretty inventive going forward. Thiago looked good. Classy on the ball as always. Looked inventive. I thought Shakiri looked good in them first 20 minutes, half an hour again. And we were we were the better team in that first half. We're just, we're just really struggling in front of goal. It's just, it looks like... It just doesn't look like we're going to score. 
mean, uh, Bobby Firmino was really struggling. He had a couple of chances in that first half, but he just looks way off the pace. Um, not sure what's wrong there. But the whole front three really is disjointed. Salah's not not at his best. Mane's not at his best. Give credit to Luke Shaw there at full-back 40. He was excellent uh, against Salah. Really nullified the effect of Salah there. And he he was really good, Luke Shaw. Pains me to say. He had a good game. But first half, yeah, Liverpool with a better side than you're hoping. They can maybe push on and go into that second half. But, you know, yet again for the you know, third or fourth game in a row, it just didn't happen in that second half. And probably United are going to feel disappointed that they haven't won the game. They probably had the better chances in that second half. Bruno Fernandes missed a great chance and Pogba missed a really good chance. couple of very good saves by Alisson. We've got to mention he was really good when he was called into action. Made some really crucial saves. But just not good enough from Liverpool. Uh, and we look so disjointed, uh, like I say, going forward. I was really disappointed to see Hendo in a centre-back again. I've mentioned it when he played there the other week. Thought it really messed up with the the flow of the side and all that. And again, I, again, it, I think the same thing today. Credit to Henderson for getting his head down and he's done the job. Again, clean sheet. Didn't do anything wrong at centre-back, but we missed so much. We missed so much without having Henderson in the middle of that park and I really, really am surprised that he's persistent with this Henderson thing at centre back. This cannot be a long term solution. Please, we need to get we need to get a solution better than this. We're missing out on Henderson in that middle. He he provides the drive, the everything, the tempo. We need Henderson centre midfield running that game alongside Thiago, not at the back. It's looking like he's, he seems to be sticking with this option, though. He's picked him there in one of the bigger games of the season, and the young lads aren't getting a look in in these games, and there's no sign of anyone coming in in the window. So, really disappointing to see if that's that's where we're going to play for the rest of the season with Endo. But if it is, we'll we'll get on with it. But I don't. I've said it last time. I don't want to see Henderson at centre back. Please, I don't want to see him at centre back. But yeah, it's finished nil nil. Really disappointing. The league is so tight now. We're nowhere near the form we have been in the last couple of seasons. We're still in the mix, obviously, but there's a lot of other teams. There's five or six teams there within one or two points. We've drawn far too many games this season. We really need, really need to get going again. Burnley, midweek, need a victory. Need some goals from the from the forwards in the Premier League. We need some goals. And then it's United again in the FA Cup. That'll be interesting to to play them again next week at their place. And I'm looking forward to that. We need to put on a, a better performance than today and cause them a few more problems because they're not a great side. They're, they're not winning at this Premier League. They're not good enough. The real threat in the Premier League is Man City. Everyone knows that. Everyone else is just hanging around. Liverpool are hanging around. We need to up our game now. V-group... We go again midweek. Come on, Reds. Hello, Alex Watt from Did It Cross The Line podcast. Uh, Liverpool versus Man United. All that hype leading up to the game. So, of course, it ended nil-nil again. Uh, Particularly frustrating, I think, when it was our chance to knock Man United off the top of the league and really shut up their supporters a little bit, who seem to have rather prematurely decided they're making some kind of comeback this season. But... 
goalless draw again, I think three of five of the last meetings at Anfield between these two have ended that way. And it kind of fell into that familiar rhythm of a lot of these games in recent years, you know, really wasn't a thriller at all, but it felt like Liverpool largely dominated the game. Then Man United occasionally were able to counter-attack and probably had the better of the chances in the end because of that. And our issue again, really was that cutting edge and finishing was really lacking because the players were getting into the positions, but we weren't always breaking through into the box. The final ball seemed to be particularly poor. When we did break into the box, we just weren't getting the shots on target. You know, all of the front three had issues, but Firmino in particular, I thought, had a very wayward day with his finishing, unfortunately. And I think that's that's some credit to Wan-Bissaka and Shaw, to be fair, who marshaled Mane and Salah pretty well. But even so you'd be expecting attackers of that quality. And we know how phenomenal this front three have been. You'd be expecting them to find a breakthrough and make their chances count. And I have to say, I think the lack of fans and the Anfield atmosphere played into this because I think that would have made a real difference today just to give that team that edge when they were playing around the box. Maybe it would have spurred them on just a little bit more and encouraged them to take more risks. It seemed very safe again, the way they were playing around the box. But to focus on some positives first, I mean, Thiago Alcantara, oh, I am so glad to see him fit and playing in games consistently now and playing in these kind of games. You know, he ran the show, you know, as we hoped beforehand. He looked a class above Man United's midfield, to be honest. Everything he does just oozes class. Um, It was enjoyable, particularly how Bruno Fernandes just couldn't handle him for most of the game. You know, at one point, I think um, Tyler and Neville on commentary asked where Bruno Fernandes had gone, which pretty much summed up his performance against Thiago. Um, Nearly had to eat those words when uh, Fernandes had a couple of chances, you know, struck a free free kick close. Uh, then he had a chance in the second half that brought a good save from Allison, But Thiago is just so great. And yeah, I hope this is the start of him really getting a run of games here because it's going to be so important, particularly with us going through this dodgy patch because he, he was our best player today. He is the guy who can find that pass when it looks like one isn't on and things just aren't going for us. And it was just a shame that he couldn't cap it off with a goal because he did have a couple of chances to do that today. Um, Henderson and Fabinho as well, I thought, acquitted themselves really well today. Uh, every time Man United did counter-attack, it felt like one of the back four was always on hand to mop it up today. Fabinho in particular was fantastic today, I thought. He was always there to cut out that final ball from Man United. He's, We know he's really made that position his own in these strange circumstances, and particularly that one when Rashford broke through on the counter-attack in the second half, and Fabinho just so calmly got the other side of him, dealt with it. You know, Henderson and Fabinho played the offside trap to perfection as well today. It's always a risk that, as we know, we've been caught out by it this season a few times, but the amount of times they caught Rashford and Martial offside in the first half by stepping up at the right time, it was it was kind of crazy, actually, how much they were, they were getting that to come off. Um, speaking of the officiating as well, God, that was infuriating today. I don't think I'm the only Liverpool fan thinking that. Paul Tierney seemed 
very willing to give Man United every small foul and we got basically nothing. You know, the decision to blow up at the end of the first half when the full added time hadn't been played, Thiago had just put Mane through. I'm still fuming about that one. It's supposed to be a minimum of one added, one minute added time, Paul. Just have another look at the rules on that one, lad. It, you know, it's not the reason we didn't win today, but it's so frustrating to watch when all the breakups in place seem to favour the opposition. Um, and yeah, second half, as I said, we had quite a few heart and mouth moments. You know, Allison really stepped up in the second half. That's why he's the best keeper in the league, those saves when you need big saves in those moments. And as I said, we could have come out of this even worse, which really shouldn't have been the case when we were so on top for the majority of the game. That's why we need to take our chances so that those few Man United chances then aren't such a worry. Um, and look, the the undefeated home record stays intact, but we've now not won in the last four league games. And although I thought we were a lot better today, we still lack that cutting edge. And in the end, we we did need Allison to come up with those saves to stop us from dropping more points. And it's particularly frustrating and disappointing when you look at the league table now. No, we were the better team overall here, really. And with Man City breathing up our backside, they're going to be the most buoyed by this result today, I think. Um, and we've got Burnley next. We've got to see a return to form there. We can expect them to defend deep as a unit and make it difficult for us to play through and create chances. So we need to start finding new solutions to those problems and fast. So, yeah, disappointing one, but we're still still unbeaten at home. And, yeah, hopefully we see an improvement in the next game. Cheers. Up the Reds. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Hi, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. Once more, the crystal football of destiny remains opaque. I had made, read, seen and heard a thousand different predictions before today's game, all of them floral, all of them colourful, but none of them involving both teams flunking it in front of goal. You just never know. One thing you can be sure of, however, is that all of the controversial refereeing decisions will go against us. Quite why Greater Manchester's Paul Tierney decided to help Manchester United on many occasions tonight, including blowing for half-time early with one of our players onside through on goal, is for Greater Manchester's Paul Tierney to explain. Uh, but please just let me briefly call him a fool before I stop wasting my breath on these dunderheads. Greater Manchester's Paul Tierney, you're a fool. Liverpool are now in third place, but remain three points off the top. The red combine harvester has stalled and grown somewhat rusty after a couple of years of mowing through the wheat and chaff of the Premier League like Billio. But do not fear, my sisters and brothers, it shan't be long before the mechanic arrives with the jump leads to spark us into life once more. I believe the mechanic is a Portuguese chap called Diogo, spelt D-I-O-G-O. 
I thought we were unlucky today, but still our decision-making in and around the box is not helping us. 17 shots in total, but only three on target today, meaning that we now have just 10 shots on target in our last four winless Premier League games. Food for thought, they say, but hopefully we don't gorge on it too much. There were positive signs, I thought. We dominated the game. We were clearly the better team. Our record at home remains unbroken. And we have just a few days left before Burnley, when, with maximum concentration, we just might be able to start whacking the ball in the goal once more. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast, wishing everybody well. And we move on. We're still in the race. Thiago is back. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 0-0 draw at Anfield with Manchester United. We just can't seem to score, can we? It was... I, I remember saying to my family in the 55th minute that I, I didn't think Liverpool would score. And I think that proclamation could have been made far earlier. We didn't seem to have anything worth shouting about in the final third. All the possession in the world. But it always looked as if the team that was going to score, if anyone was going to, would, would be Manchester United. Had it not been for Alison Becker, let's face facts, we would have lost this one today, which I think would have been a little bit too much to bear, losing to Man United this season at home with the team we have now and the season they've had so far. That would have been very, very difficult. How are we going to score? We certainly need uh, Jota back. I think. I think... More fundamental than that, though, is to get Joel Matip back, funnily enough. We haven't really struggled defensively, have we? I mean, it's our record defensively isn't poor. We didn't look particularly suspect in this one. But getting Joel Matip back means that Henderson can sit in front of the defence again. And he is the one that really keeps the ball ticking over begins our moves and he, he is the quarterback effectively although although he's not a quarterback because he doesn't throw those those long balls forward he just makes the sensible passes but putting Henderson in that position in front of the defence at the seat of the midfield three means that Thiago can play a more advanced role Thiago did some I mean he just blew my mind a couple of times in the in the first half did some sensational things um it didn't continue in the second half. He was very combative, I must say, which is it's good to see that side of him as well. But he wasn't quite as convincing with the ball at his feet in the second half as he was in the first 45 minutes. But yes, I think bringing Matip back, letting him Hendo sit and then Thiago go further forward will be something of a, a bonus for us. I think then we will we'll be able to knock on the door a little bit more convincingly. In terms of the starting eleven, that if you assume that Matic wasn't quite ready, that is the eleven that I would have gone for. That midfield today, I think, probably is the most technically talented midfield we could put out there. Thiago, Wijnaldum and Shaq. Um, for all the good it did us, <laughs> I thought Shaq was, was all right. He, he was a little bit hesitant. I thought he looked very nervous in the tunnel. And then again, uh, in the shots that I had of him earlier on in the warm-up, I think probably, you know, having the first Premier League start in quite a while, I think it was about 13 months, I think that probably <laughs> hit home to him and he, he realised the magnitude of the situation. 
as a result, he did tend to play quite cautiously. He played uh, quite a defensive role, I think. Didn't seem to want to be particularly expansive or, or move forward with the, with the ball, which is something he can do with to good effect. And I think that was lacking in his game today. I thought perhaps that he would come off, but I would have probably put Oxlade Chamberlain on. Um, you know, he's he's got some ability outside the box, hasn't he? And he can also he's also full of energy. I think he would have been more positive than than Shaq was today. Uh, I think a big problem is our front three look flat and also Trent continues to look flat. We have such high expectations of those four players that when they play an ordinary game of football, it seems far less than adequate. And I think um, Bobby, Sadio, Mo to an extent and certainly Trent didn't quite look on their game again today. And uh, I wonder what it's going to take to turn them around. Uh, not, not a satisfactory performance today. I mean, we didn't we didn't want to point out that we wanted we wanted three. And as I speak, I hope that Crystal Palace can do us a favour against Manchester City. Just one final thought. I was thinking about substitutions, and I was thinking about what we needed and how ineffective we were in the final third. How we once again are looking for someone to unlock a staunch defence. And theoretically, the person on the bench who could have done that, you'd think, might be Minamino. But I agree, evidently, with with Jurgen Klopp. I wouldn't have brought him on. I don't think he's quite up to it. And um, I think that probably, for me, has put the writing on the wall. I, I can't see Minamino making it beyond what he is now, which is a a squad player that is far from at the head of the queue when we need something different. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if Minamino leaves in the summer. Might be a bit earlier than he actually will leave, but I think he's probably surplus to requirements, particularly if we are going to make some bold moves in the summer. Are you listening, Kylian Mbappe? Please come and help us out. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Steve Dawson following on from Owen's brilliant mowers and engineer analogy. There is Diogo Jota, the man to fix the broken Reds machine. Well, let's now get into our Blood Red podcast Facebook group. Matthew Jones writes, The rest of this month is huge for our push for the title. Awkward home games with Burnley and then away to Spurs and West Ham. I think we need to be picking up a minimum of seven points from those games to still be there or thereabouts come February. If not, then we'll be looking more at making sure we qualify for the top four, which sounds crazy given the squad we have, but the top six are so bunched up. Michael Baranda says, need to support the front three with a number 10 and or play Thiago more advanced instead of in the holding role. It's a broken record with the front three right now. David Rees says, thank God for Allison. Ball draw. Plenty of possession and territory until the final third. Front three just not functioning as a unit. And finally, William Ammo says, I've heard enough about our centre-back problems. We need to get our front three firing again as a matter of urgency. This is almost laughable. You'll never walk alone. Well, for more from the Blood Red podcast Facebook group, follow the link in the description of the pod or head to Facebook and simply search for Blood Red. Still a few more voices to hear from here on postgame. Mark Baker will have the final say. But before him, here's Hannah Pinnock. 
Another disappointing 90-odd minutes of football. Um, a pretty meh performance, I would say. We weren't dreadful, um, but just not good enough and as not as good in, as we needed to be um, to beat a very informed United side. It's a little bit concerning, obviously, going into the game. The big question was whether or not Matic would be fit, and obviously he didn't quite make it. So that in itself... <laughs> probably set us back a little bit because you know as good as Fabinho and Henderson were again you lose something in midfield and when you've not got recognized center half playing um that does stint the fullbacks a little bit because obviously they can't bomb on and play their natural game because going the other way United in general would be a threat even more so when when you're not quite as defensively solid as you would normally be. So that probably didn't help us, but particularly I thought in the opening 20-25 minutes, I think we did absolutely dominate and the game was very much run by our midfield. I think Thiago and Shakiri especially were exceptional. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've, probably everyone that is coming on this podcast is going to just wax lyrical about Thiago because he just is incredible to watch and we've sort of been robbed of of watching him for most of this season so I'm fully going to relish every second I get to watch him play football because he does just make everything look so easy he he sees things that that no one else sees and just his passing as well I mean there was a few wayward things I mean his footwork was brilliant there was that one where I managed to beat a player and then I think he was I think he was playing Salarin but it didn't overhit it slightly but on the whole his entire game is just incredible to watch and I did think Shakiri played really well as well um so I would like to see more of those two going forward because we've got some big games coming up so they're going to be crucial and defensively given the situation you know I do think we I mean both sides I would say defended really well even though our attack was pretty poor United did defend very well on, on the whole really um, so fair play to them but it's just our attack I, I, I don't obviously I think it part of it is the fullback situation and I think combined with the fact that they're maybe not quite in form I mean Trent doesn't doesn't look the same player he was last season but I think that is in part due to our defensive situation as a whole but it's just the front three. I mean, we, we we just can't seem to score goals. And I think, hopefully, Jota will be back in the next few weeks. I think it was reported that it would be late January that he'd be back. So the sooner the better, really, because he did just offer us a different different dimension, really. And, you know, we, we were a better team <laughs> with him in it. So um, the sooner he comes back, the better. And hopefully we can start scoring some goals again because it's a bit frustrating having to watch Liverpool when we can't score goals. A, a draw against United isn't isn't the absolute end of the world, but we definitely could have I mean, that game was there for the taking and we didn't quite do enough and probably didn't deserve to win, to be honest. I think the one frustrating moment was our best attack was ruined <laughs> by the referee. Um a big talking point that because you know Mane was through on goal onside 
practically one-on-one with De Gea and the referee blows for half time about five seconds early so that's a little bit frustrating because another three or four seconds and the ball could have been in the back of the net so we'll never know um it's not an excuse really because we had a whole other you know (laughs) 90 minutes to score a goal which we couldn't do but um it is a little bit frustrating that and you can see the frustration especially on Thiago's face when the half-time whistle went um when we were in a very good goal scoring opportunity but um other than that we just weren't we weren't good enough <laughs> it, it's not the end of the world but I think I, I'd like to think Jota coming back will change things a little bit for us hopefully <laughs> anyway but um on to the next Mark Baker uh, analysis of Liverpool versus Manchester United in the Premier League in the end, a disappointing performance and result for Liverpool, which keeps the last couple of weeks of poor results and poor performances actually going. And you felt that hopefully Liverpool could have turned the corner today, but it wasn't to be. I think the big thing for Liverpool at the moment is the instability, which is you know not anything uh, groundbreaking that I'm going to say, but the instability caused in the centre-half position. And Matip obviously being not being past fit to play meant that Jordan Henderson has stepped into that position and, and by and large, I mean, Fabinho's been outstanding in the role. And Henderson came in and had a very steady game, helped, of course, by the fact of Liverpool having the majority of the position and, and dominating most of the territory in the first half. But, yeah, overall a good performance. However, the instability in that position and the fact that two central midfield players and two starting central midfield players from the previous season are moving into them roles means that it has a knock-on effect in both areas of the team because Henderson and Fabinho are both elite in terms of transition so when Liverpool lose the ball absolute experts are funneling the right channels mopping up loose balls sustaining attacks for the side which then allows teams to uh, Liverpool to pin opposition teams in their half. Now, that is obviously taken out of the midfield section of the pitch, so uh, the technical ability of, obviously, Thiago coming in, who's, who still, for me, has to have games in which to build up that uh, brilliant level that we know he has. However, is a very different player, a player who is fantastic in possession of the ball rather than what he does in, in transition. And, obviously, Shaqiri came in today who is Liverpool's best passer, best final third passer from that attack and third zone. So, in that sense, Liverpool didn't quite have that legs and that elite positioning and energy in transition to be able to sustain the attacks after that half an hour period in which Manchester United weathered the storm. Now, Liverpool have been, for me, the best coach side over a long period of time now in the Premier League. And a lot of the game plan revolves around the positional game, both with and without possession. So we know that Liverpool aren't really going to hurt you from the middle third to the pitch in terms of the personnel they have there. But what they do is they have such territorial advantage in so many of the games by the position of the players and the characteristics, i.e. that brilliance of, of picking up loose passes, positioning midfield players, balance that midfield offers and the ability to surround the football, that it makes it very hard for the opposition to get out. Couple that with the fact of the the player profiles of the likes of Van Dijk 
Joe Gomez and Joe Matip. Excellent in isolation. They're able to defend vast amounts of space. You never have any concern when they're fronted up by defenders. Brilliant delaying tactics from all three and mobility. Mean that on the opportunities that the opposition get to escape Liverpool's initial pressure on the ball, very often the forward pass is just simply mopped up and, and dealt with and managed by Liverpool's players in that defensive phase who've got the mobility and physical characteristics to be able to do so. Now, obviously Fabino's done very well in the position, but isn't as mobile and isn't that as comfortable in one-on-one situations, never mind how well he's done. And then when you couple that with a, a second centre-half partner, because Matip hasn't played the majority of the games, who has real vulnerabilities in terms of experience, mobility, and now's playing the position, depending on who, who starts there, it makes Liverpool so susceptible to their moments of pressure when it's alleviated from the opposition, because when the opposition now can get the head up, because Liverpool aren't as good in transition because the personnel in the midfield is no longer there. The opposition are being able to play out of that pressure more frequently and because they know that Liverpool are vulnerable in terms of them 1v1 duels down channels and with spacing behind, there's a real threat. And you can see it from a psychological point of view for Liverpool in that Liverpool used to be able to take a, play such a high-risk game in terms of the elevated positions that their, their midfield players take up safe in the knowledge that you just knew that their central, central defenders are able to just mop up any any kind of threat that might have came from in behind from outstanding attackers they haven't got that anymore that means that because of the mobility is not there in the midfield to get up to the ball as quick and there's also a mental block in terms of feeling that if they overcommit and if they pressure too aggressively, that there could be vulnerabilities in behind in the 1v1 duels. has made that Liverpool have been unable to sustain the same kind of attacks this season. And opposition teams have, have got far more belief in terms of playing out and also to be able to hate them if they're able to get in them advanced areas. And I think that, for me, is at the forefront of, of the problems Liverpool are facing. I mean, I've seen in, in periods of games in which Liverpool have, have still had dominance. However, they haven't been able to sustain it over a 90-minute period. <clears throat> and that coupled with the fact of key errors at certain points in the game, which wouldn't happen if you had your elite defenders playing in them positions, whether it be from a set play or isolated incidents when the opposition get in good areas have meant that Liverpool have very often found themselves conceding a key moment in games where they wouldn't normally and then not able to take the calculated risk of the position of the players to be able to really encamp the opposition in the half and create chances. So, I mean, I, I, just on the last point about it, obviously I've talked about before the fact that it doesn't just affect Liverpool out of possession, but it also affects Liverpool in possession in that you were then losing... The, the penetrative passes to be able to play out of pressure from the likes of Van Dijk over longer distance to the wide areas with services the wide players quicker and also from Joe Gomez and Joe Matter who are fantastic at breaking lines so people will say other, other, play, other teams have got players out but they haven't got such important players out and not having them and the knock-on effect it's having then for the rest of the team because your other excellent players in the midfield positions are then having to play different roles 
And I think it's going to be difficult. I think it's going to be difficult from this 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 stage forward, really, because you can't see a situation where Matip's going to play a number of successive games for Liverpool to so have that stability. Because I still believe if Matip and Fabinho can play on a regular basis, then it does make a difference, even though you are missing Fabinho from that midfield area. So they're just some of the things going forward, and I don't see them issues being solved as quickly as Liverpool need them to be to be the champions at the end of the season. Mark Baker following on from Hannah to round us off on this edition of the post-game podcast. Remember to tune in to Monday's Blood Red podcast as we really do delve in-depth into the goal of straw with Manchester United and look ahead to the game with Burnley in midweek. But three games without a goal as the Reds' famous front three are still looking for answers to break free from their malaise. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.